As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. This episode is brought to you today by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially when you're a small business. Gusto is making payroll, benefits, and HR easy for modern small businesses. You no longer have to be part of a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and a great service to take care of your team. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. You sign up today, you will get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash rocket chip again gusto.com slash rocket chip so we are back after sprint week that was fun though wasn't it absolutely for anyone who hasn't checked out the full behind the scenes look at the sprint we recorded with aj and smart for kevin rose's zero app go back and check out all of the sprint week episodes 
plus the bonus episodes. Each episode chronicled a day of their sprint to help you better understand how to conduct your own sprint. And today we're jumping back into the stories of Krish, Gunto, and Lee, who are all about to jump into their first week of building a new product. So Gunto is the VP of growth at Auth0, Krish is the CEO of Chargebee, and Lee is an entrepreneur in Cranbrook, British Columbia, looking for his next big app idea. Did I get that right, Michael? You got it. And and today, we're going to learn about the product that will set the course of their next couple months of building. We'll be tracking that progress through the rest of this season, taking you behind the scenes for product discovery calls, team meetings, and so much more. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. So where are we starting today? I can't wait to get into all three of these stories. Gunto's team is performing an A-B test on their signup flow. Grish is looking into building a product line outside of Chargebee. And Lee is... Lee's kicking off his exploration into a marketing product for small business. But I feel like there's going to be a pivot today. I don't know what would have given you that idea, Michael. I don't know. Maybe just you know, a little bird told me. <laughs> but <laughs> well, let's, let's save that one for last. Let's start off with Gunto's team. Um, when we left off, they had just finished their yearly off-site retreat in Panama, and the team was on a real high. At the off-site, Gunto and his team had discussed a new A-B test that they wanted to run to test their sign-up flow. It's not always clear how much new users want or need, um, some need their hands held. Some people, they just, you know, get me through the signup flow and I'll figure it out once I get into the product. And that was really kind of the internal discussion and argument that his team was having. Now, Zero's customers are engineers or executives at larger companies. These are highly technical people setting up a highly technical product. And these people may just be window shopping. They may be signing up to get a feel for the product itself. Or they may be serious buyers. And his team is trying to figure out how to best convert the greatest number of these people. This project, like any good A-B test, has stirred up some opinions on the team. In fact, Gunto and his engineer on the project, they actually don't agree on this point. So, for example, the main engineer, he thinks that low forcefulness is the one that's going to work because, like, he, he's, like, he's, like, a good engineer and he likes researching things, understanding things himself before implementing them. And when he gets, like, a step-by-step, he hates that. I think the opposite. I think that most people don't have time because we're in an anxious world where we need, like, one, two, three, four because my attention span is, like, so the team starts to discuss how this will all come together. So, um, yeah, I just set up this meeting um, just for all the creators to kind of come together uh, as a sync up and check in. And, and Maria, I know it's a bit late for you out there, so appreciate you hopping on. Oh, not really. It's 8.30, but it's okay. I work late. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... You know, I know we've been primarily corresponding on uh, on Slack across different channels and individually with each other. Um, uh, you know, basically for getting A/B testing up on the dashboard, right? So we have two different initiatives. Um, one is actually setting up the capability 
uh, for A-B testing on the dashboard, which I know Nico's team, Nico and the marketing engineering team, folks from there have been really working really hard for that. Um, and then we have our other major project, which is actually bringing you know, two significant test ideas to life um, for the dashboard, getting that up and running um, and getting it to launch this quarter. Um, and so just to level set, you know, both this, essentially have the objective of helping users and helping devs getting them set up to be able to integrate Auth0 into their app so that we can start to get logins um, with Auth0 and getting them to be an activated tenant and having that be a recurring thing. Um, and both of these ideas approach it in different ways. Right, so we have the one task, which is separate from this meeting, um, which is more about demoing our authentication flow. And then we have this test, which this meeting is on, around um, asking devs just a couple questions on their tech stack, and then at the end, delivering them really prescriptive steps on what they need to take to set out zero up with their application. So, so what to, is their plan for execution? So Auth0 has an interesting structure. Their growth team has two engineers on it who work exclusively on projects and experiments that the growth team is leading. On the design side, they're then assigned a designer on a per-project basis who will see the project through. So first, this test is planned, and then two experiments are determined. They also set up the KPIs that they're measuring to determine which versions perform better. Exactly. And as we learned at their offsite, they look at the full cycle of a user and take that into consideration when running these tests. Just because one converts more users in the short term doesn't mean it created more paying customers, for instance. So this will be interesting. What's coming up? The team... Now that they have a direction, we'll begin to finalize their plan of attack for these two tests and eventually build both versions for testing. And in the meantime, Gunta will be traveling, meeting with the executive team and customers, continuously learning about their customers and how they could better serve them. After the break, we'll catch up with Krish of Chargebee. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. This episode is brought to you today by Gusto. Payroll and benefits are hard, especially for small businesses. You don't have the time to be an expert on things like taxes and regulations. And there are old school payroll providers that exist, but they're just not built for the modern business. Gusto is making payroll benefits and HR easy for small businesses. Modern technology does the heavy lifting, so it's easy to get things right. Now, again, there is some competition for Gusto out there, but Gusto actually has a lot of things going for them. PC Mag and Fit Small Business, they've called Gusto the best payroll for small businesses. Gusto makes payroll a breeze. In fact, 9 out of 10 users say Gusto is easier to use than other payroll solutions. And Gusto definitely saves you time. 72% of customers, they actually spend less than five minutes to run payroll. I know a lot of people that spend way more. Gusto is reliable. Four out of five customers actually reduce payroll errors after switching. And if you don't believe it, just Google it. People love Gusto. And how often do you actually love your payroll provider? 
almost never. Most small businesses, they don't have an HR expert, but you don't need one to use Gusto. With great software and great service, you can focus on your business, not on your payroll or your paperwork. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com forward slash rocket ship. That's gusto.com forward slash rocket ship. Krish, the CEO of Chargebee, is considering whether they should build a new revenue line or expand the offering under the Chargebee brand. They're looking to provide additional insights into revenue data for customers, especially to people on teams who generally don't have access to revenue or subscription data. They'd like anyone on a team to be able to ask questions of the data that's available at Chargebee to help answer questions about the business. Questions like, is my free plan attracting the right kind of customers? Or how long should a free trial be? Chris explains the fundamental hypothesis behind the project. How do you empower all your teams with how you actually make money? And in a way, it's relevant to each function and in a way that they would actually consume this data and act on it. Um, uh, A very simple example is when our customer support team uh, serves customers 24 bar 5 um, and our application support is available 24 bar 7, do we know how many Enquiries and tickets are coming in between 5 p.m. and 11 p.m. in the evening of uh, our time zone. Now, when you slice it by how early number of tickets, you would find that 40% of the tickets actually end up coming in six hours of a given day. And where are these customers uh, located? And uh, are these new enquiries or are these existing customers who are asking these questions? And does that mean that if there is a particular region that is actually showing the spike in number of tickets uh, repeatedly in a particular time zone, does it make sense for us to build a team closer to that time zone in that region to address them better? Right. And So for subscription businesses, MRR, or monthly recurring revenue, is everyone's responsibility. And Revenue Story's goal is to make that data accessible to everyone in a company. The goal is to create a new product line, Revenue Story, that also stands as its own brand. Now, this is really a a risky move, and it starts to segment your team's focus. So how are they thinking about allocating resources for a project like this? They've been experimenting with this idea of squad. So a squad has everything you would need in a product to move it forward. PM, support, research, engineering, design resources. It's generally under 10 people. So so Chargebee's teams are now getting organized into squads. So we used to be a single squad when we started up. Right. And then over a period of time, you actually build uh, functional teams where there is design, product, engineering, um, and then NOC and DevOps team. And then there is support, success, right? All of that are getting formed. And then there is pre-sales, inside sales. And within inside sales, there is BDR, SDRs, AEs, um, and then cutting across geographies. Generally, even a product team would answer to a higher up to get approval on the roadmap and direction, but not so with squads. Squats contain everything a product needs to move forward, including decision-making power. They're essentially a micro-startup inside of Chargebee. Um, then we realized that there is something that is interesting happening where by creating these functional teams, um, but Chargebee as a product is something that has multiple modules and there is a lot of specialization needed in payments, regulatory and statutory requirements related to accounting, 
um then specialization in all the tools that we integrate with like crm systems like salesforce as well as netsuite intact quickbooks zero and on all of that right which is the layers of complexity in terms of modules um then the integrated products and uh, the subject matter expertise was very wide and uh, people were actually um getting pulled in multiple directions and then we were expecting everybody to be uh so when a customer support team needs uh, help to assist a customer better they had to reach out to a specialist inside the product team to be able to give an accurate answer the reason was they were missing the subject matter expert within the team who was not part of the journey of how we the uh, built we were building the feature and we wanted to rethink this aspect and said okay let's form squads where there is one person from customer support one person from pre sales and then there is a designer one marketer and then one person from product and then the engineers form uh, um form one squad and they should catch up more often and through the journey of how they are building the feature evolving the feature and we are super impressed by the results so far because uh, one of the key features that we just I, I imagine that there must be some internal debate on whether to build this as a standalone product versus a part of chargebee absolutely a, a lot right i mean they have this hypothesis that this could be its own product but it it still really needs to be to be tested krish he seems to think it's the right way to go um but he's open to exploring it with the team pretty much everybody was thinking that multi product is a strict no no including the investor world everybody used to think that you shouldn't build multiple product companies because that means that you do not have belief in your first product right and that used to be the hypothesis but it has been proven wrong time and again with uh, so many uh, now companies now doing going through the same path because if you think about uh, how companies are now evolving right and so there are many companies There are many companies which are actually moving in this direction. Stripe. It is also uh, Freshworks, our friends, who have oh, followed yeah. a similar path. Uh, there is HubSpot, which is now moving in the similar direction, and there is also the other part, which is following your own conviction, um, because markets. Uh, you, you don't have to necessarily uh, follow the the conventional wisdom many a times because the market dynamics are changing. You also have the gut feel in terms of, uh, especially when you. care so much about the customers and you uh, understand that deeply um, there is also a gut feel and the conviction uh, where you know that you can try and redefine the established norms if that is a case uh, atlassian is a great example of a team executing on multiple product lines so this could be a risky endeavor it might distract the team and and they might spend time building something that's not quite the right answer i mean honestly regardless if other companies have done it well or not it's still a risk for a young company to start and to split resources in this way i'm excited to see how this project progresses for them now coming up after the break we're going to catch up with lee tengam in his journey to build a marketing product for local businesses in cranbrook british columbia left off Lee was contemplating a new product for small businesses. We're building a tool to help small businesses curate content to build better newsletters, better blog posts, better articles, all those fun things that businesses know they need to be doing, but they just can't be bothered to do it themselves, as well as providing a service to help do it for them if they just truly can't bring themselves to do it. A couple weeks later, he finds himself watching his son's soccer game with his wife. 
They're enjoying the game, but Lee can't stop thinking about work. Their conversation, it, it veers into his new idea. We could help these businesses to actually... Well, I've been thinking, like, like Dale. He's received, like, 70-some leads from his site in the last two months. But I keep sending him emails and saying, like, hey, you know, how are things going? How are these leads turning out? Like, and all the leads, because of the way the funnel works... They're all, like, sending an essay, basically, of everything they need, like, everything they would need for Dale to be able to actually go and quote on this. And he doesn't get back to me. And then he's the one that always says, oh, you know, it's not doing much. And it's like, no, you're just ignoring the leads. So I've been trying to Listeners should know that not long before this conversation, Lee had just fired his biggest client. Fired. That's right. He felt it was really too much of a distraction from what he wanted to be doing. You mentioned on the call that you got your swagger back. Yeah. What did you mean? I fired a client. Uh, I've been working with a client for upwards of a year now. And they, they were a client that started as we were coming in to augment a small aspect of their development cycle. And we were just to provide some core functionality in a very narrow silo of development. And then they started letting go of people within their development department. And pretty soon it got to the point where we were, we had become their, the majority of the development for their application. And it went from being two hours a day to four hours a day to eight hours a day to them wanting like 12 or 16 hours of development every day from us. And I had no interest in that. And it it's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm not I'm not a person who likes having a job. To me, a job is somebody saying, this is the most amount of money you're allowed to make in a month. And that's not fun for me. I wanna make I wanna make as much money in a month as I can. And I don't really wanna be chained to my desk having to do something for somebody else and help them build their dream when I'm in a situation where my dreams are being pushed aside for a lot of money, but not a lot of money, if that makes sense. Coming off this high of firing a big client, Lee and his wife's conversation at their son's soccer game, it continues. Quote on this, he doesn't get back to me. And then he's the one that always says, oh, you know, it's not doing much. And it's like, no, you're just ignoring the leads. So I've been trying to think of like, trying to find a service in which I could funnel these leads through this service because right now I see them because they go through my inbox and then they get forwarded over but it'd be even better if there was something in which I could funnel these leads through it, it forward it to them and it made a ledger of this lead being passed through and then it hounds them every X number of hours until he clicks a link that says yes I followed up with this lead and then at the end of the month he gets a report of all the leads and how long it took him to respond to these leads. And then I can see this as well. So I can say, well, hey, look, it's not your site. You You got 70 some leads. You took eight days to reply on average to these. And yeah, no wonder you didn't do anything. That'd be really easy to make because I'm just taking that data and passing it through. Wow, that's definitely a bit of a different direction. You can feel his excitement here too. Like he's he's coming alive as his idea is taking shape. I can't be the only one who would want that. Would be a good way to keep a tab on your uh, employees too. 
you were a manager. Good thing I got a bunch of swagger back today, because guess what I'm going to build in the morning? Because then I can show definitively that not only... Oh, that's like that's a really good value add for just all the other packages, too. Like, you can say, you know, here's what we're going to do for you, but also you get a monthly subscription to this app. And he's now freed up his time to work on it. So we discussed a bit more about what this new direction means to him. So I spun up an app, started coding away on it. And it was only like an hour and a half or two hours later that I realized that this is really something that makes sense to me. And then I have a friend who runs a marketing company where he does he does basically like SEO and search engine result page marketing and all those sorts of things. And I just casually ran it by him and I said like, Hey, who else, what are you using to do this? Like what's, what's your way of verifying this? And his answer was, I just email them after I get an email in my inbox, whenever a lead gets passed through. And then I just start emailing them and saying like, Hey, did you get this? Hey, how'd it go? Do you have any questions? Can I help? Okay. And there was a bit of validation to me that this was there, but I didn't, I didn't really care. I was just excited to be able to devote a bunch of time to this and see where it played out. Because I know even for like just our one client, if I can get him to close like 20% of his leads, he's going to buy a McLaren because right. <laughs> he's got that much more money every year coming in. Now, coming up on Rocket Ship, we're going to watch as these three ideas take shape. Some things are going to work and, and some things are going to fail. But that's just how things work in product and business development. So stay tuned as these projects move from ideation to prototyping to user testing to launching. And they're all really put to the test. Thanks so much for tuning into season five of Rocketship.fm. For the next couple of months, we're going to be taking you deep into these stories and we're incredibly excited to do that for you we're also proud to now be part of the podglomerate network so if you'd like to check out more great podglomerate shows go to thepodglomerate.com and man there's a ton so if you like what you hear leave us a review we always love it and we'll see you back here next week and it was like different things yeah have someone forty thousand dollars in the bank or something someone had at age 35 you should have a full cutlery drawer, but there's that one fork that you absolutely hate and despise, but you don't throw it out. And I'm like, yeah, we have two of those forks. The kids like them, but I hate them. I've been using them to get pickles. <laughs> and, then, and there is one. At age 35, you should own over 100 domains that you have thought of an app for but have never followed through and I'm like I was like I need to like CC <laughs> I'm like this is more than 100 this is like a High thousand five. I don't have a thousand five hundred if I ever get to a thousand would you get me a banner for the living room that's an intervention <laughs> intervention <gasps> I should buy the domain domain name intervention <laughs> <laughs> and sell banners for people who have domain name problems I bet you it exists Hehehe. <laughs>